Hi, I'm Iris Muller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and a proud mom of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. And I'm Alma Schneider, a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mom of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising kids with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms No Fluff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Moms No Fluff. I'm Alma Schneider, and I'm here with my friend and business partner, Iris Miller. And we would like to welcome you to our podcast. If you've been listening for a while, thank you so much. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a review so that other people can hear our words of wisdom. And if you're new, welcome. We are very happy you're here, and we hope you can get something out of our discussion. Iris, hello. Would you like to introduce the fascinating topic that we will be discussing today? Hello, Alma. Yes, I would like to introduce the topic. It's a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And this is home organization and how that affects us as parents of kids with special needs and disabilities. What does it mean to have an organized or not home with our kids? Uh, Unfortunately, uh, my home is not as organized as I hope it will be. Uh, if I could choose, I would live in a museum where oh. nobody can touch anything and everything stays in its exact place. Mm. Uh, but uh, I have a team of like eight aides that are in and out of the house, living here kind of with us and my kids and their friends and life just gets in the way of my home organization. But we'll expand on that soon. Alma, what well. do you want to share about home organization? It, that's, oops, that's kind of funny because you are the person who is the most organized, one of the most organized people I know. And um, I feel like your house does look like a museum. That's how, how straight it is. So it's all relative, you know, it's mm-hmm. all relative. My house, on the other hand, um, is uh, I try to keep it as neat as possible downstairs. But once you go upstairs, I, I have to warn people because um, the kids' rooms, are, I don't even want to, you know, I don't even want to go there. But <laughs> I do want to, you know, set the tone, letting everyone know that, you know, there are a lot of things in our lives that we cannot control for when we have kids with additional needs slash disabilities. And um, home organization is something that we can somewhat control. It's hard, but we can control it to a certain degree. And that's what this episode is going to be about different ways. And it doesn't mean about being perfect. It just means, you know, that our house is as, as chaotic, chaos free as we can that so that we can feel comfortable in it and not have additional stress because of the mess. So um, I'll just say to start off that I grew up in a very small apartment with many people, it was tiny. And the silver lining of that was that everything was right at my fingertips. It was a very small place, so I knew where everything was, even if it wasn't the neatest place, I knew where everything was. I now happen to live in the suburbs in a big house and having four kids with all these different rooms, um, we have quite a bit of mess all the time. And although I know where most of my stuff is, I call it organized chaos. I don't 
my kids don't know where a lot of their things are and it's hard for me to and it stresses me out a great deal to when their stuff is not um closed off in their room it's bad enough when i have to get a peek into what the rooms look like but it's even worse when they decide that they don't want certain things and they're thrown into the hallway. (laughs) That causes me stress. So I have a much, as Iris knows, I have a much higher tolerance for mess than she does maybe, (laughs) but I, um, but I do, it does come to a point where I'm like, I can't, this is making me, this is making me very stressed out. So, um, I like to, uh, take care of mess in a very slow and methodical way. It's a, and a quick way when I need to, but I like to be calm and have all the kids out of the house when I'm cleaning up. That is one strategy that helps me. Putting on music, I put on incense. Um, I've been known to perhaps take a legal edible when I'm doing it. <laughs> it ca- really calms me down and I'm enjoying music and I'm slowly cleaning up and even doing dishes that makes it a little more tolerable so that's my first strategy just being in a calm mood not having the kids around when I start putting things away where they need to go nice nice I think that's one of the things that I really like uh, to recommend to people is uh, one of those books of uh, the KonMari method about uh, the I think I don't want to give it the wrong title but I think it's called the, the everlasting of joy of tidying up oh maybe I should have looked the at it tidying up but I don't remember as right. you're talking I'm going to google it Yeah, but basically the idea is that you keep in your house only the things that really bring you joy. And uh, that's something that I, I try to do. Obviously, my daughter has a, a stuffed animal collection that includes more than 400 different stuffies. And uh, that principle is really hard to apply with hair. Uh, they are just it's an overflow of stuffed animals that we cannot part ways with, apparently. But um, that being said, Uh, I also have the things that I struggle with parting ways from, and this is uh, I, the, my durable medical equipment store that I have in the basement. If we give away a wheelchair, I would strip out of uh, the wheelchair all the different like belts and straps and padding parts, just in case we need it on another chair or one day. And we do occasionally need something. And then I'm like, aha, I have another seating system that I kept from the old wheelchair. But uh, all in all, my husband like gets like headaches just from looking at my boxes of collections of wheelchair parts that I keep. So <laughs> uh, I am not perfect either, Alma. I wish I could say that I'm good at it, but some areas not. But in general, what I can say is that there is a, a logical amount of stuff for for every room in the house and for every purpose like you don't need six towels per person i mean bath towels so things like logical kind of div, uh, division of what it is that each household member needs mm-hmm. helps me kind of choose the best that i have and get rid of everything else I don't know if it would work for you, but just sharing. Well, I love that idea because my children uh, seem to take a fresh towel every time they take a shower and then they leave it on the floor, oh. in the hallway. And um, then they keep going through the towel. So I have threatened to 
give them one towel and hide all the rest. And um, I think I need to do that because mm -hmm. I end up wasting, you know, time, energy, and water, which is now an issue, washing these things because they're now sitting on the floor. So I think that that is a, you know, speaking of towels, I think that's great. That's a great example. Nobody needs that many. That leads me to, oh, by the way, it's called the life-changing magic of tidying up. That's Ooh, what it's called. Um, and I did buy that book. I did read that book, but I still have way too many things because everything brings me joy. And it's very <laughs> hard for me to get rid of stuff. And also because of what you said, um, I might need it in the future and then I won't have it. And it, why does it always happen that once you actually do give something away, you need it? right? How often does that happen? It happens a lot. Um, but in terms of additional um, items that we really don't need, uh, for, for my son with the disability, he doesn't care too much about clothing, what he's wearing, but people give me so much clothing for him just because people outgrow stuff. And I have an older son, so I have all these additional you know, pairs of pants and shirts, and there's no way that he needs like 30 pairs of pants or, you know, 50 t-shirts, but I end up saving a bunch of them for camp, like the the ones that, you know, will be for camp that I don't care if he gets, you know, stains on things like that. So I end up having so much stuff, but what I've started doing is I've really started separating them, putting them in boxes, in sealed boxes, putting them in the closet, and I'm even going to go so far as putting them in our garage to just get because that's prime real estate in our closets. And I don't want to take that up with, you know, stuff for camp and, you know, blankets for camp that I don't, you know, I don't want to give our good stuff when he's going to camp. So things like that, where they have a different purpose, but they don't need to be in the house. They can be elsewhere if you have the space or in your basement, you know, locked up. That's what I do with, that's what I'm trying to do with clothes. Yeah, I think if you're experimenting with clothes, maybe you can try the micro wardrobe ID for a while and just having five t-shirts, one sweater, one jacket, five pairs of uh, pants, which three are long and two are shorts or something like that and see how it works. You kind of put all of those color coordinated items in the mm. closet and no matter what he retrieves works with the other items and he can nice. make combinations. And then the closet is finally empty and so wow. easy to track. Yeah. And with regards to the towels, I just wanted to mention that uh, uh, my calculation is two towels per person. Mm -hmm. A little different with my daughter because we also need to pad the wheelchair with towels because when we sit her on it when she's wet, uh, that's another extra towel. But mm -hmm. uh, there's one kind of in the wash and one that is being used. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I organize the towels. But um, that being said, I want to say that for kids who are nonverbal or have other communication challenges, I think it's really, really helpful, and at least it was for us, to have a set place for everything. So it was really easy for my daughter to kind of point with her gaze at what she wanted. And then uh, if it was a certain shelf, I would ask her on that shelf, is it the figurine box? Is this the uh, fidget toys? Is it the, um, I don't know, uh, Playmobil set? And then she would say which one of those three that are on that shelf uh, she wanted. Mm -hmm. And as long as we had all of the, uh, let's say, dolls in that box all the time, it was very easy to like spread them on the table and have her choose which one she wanted to play with. The problem would start when things weren't put back in their place. 
mm-hmm. and then she wants something and it's not there and she keeps on pointing on the same box and I have no idea what it is that she wants in it because it's not there. Uh, the organization method for us was really effective also when it came to books. So she had like the Hebrew shelf and the English shelf and she was able to point with the gaze and then we could kind of with our finger go over the books until we got to the one she she wanted. So mm-hmm. um, keeping things in their place makes it easier sometimes for our kids to kind of assert their needs and wants. So I recommend that if your kid has communication challenges, try to see if it eases the game. And that's, that's an excellent point. So the chaos of the mess can be very stressful for the parents, but it can also bring up a lot of stress for our children. So for example, if our children are, uh, have some behavioral issues and are prone to meltdowns, if they can't find something, or um, you're about to leave the house and you need the child needs to bring something and can't find it, these are going to be potentially difficult situations. So yet another reason to have an organized system and making it a priority for that reason. Because for me, it's like, as I said, I have a much higher threshold than my husband, for example, and other people like Iris, I'm much higher <laughs> threshold for mess, but it, it, I might have that higher threshold, but my child doesn't. And, you know, when he doesn't have a high threshold for, um, you know, not finding, not getting upset when they, when he can't find something. So an example is uh, he, he was doing a weekly bingo game with his friends and he had to carry the bag with him with the um, with the bingo supplies and we tried to keep it in the same place but if somebody didn't put it back it caused tremendous meltdowns because he considered his bingo cards to be lucky bingo cards because he does for whatever reason win many many times much more so than the other kids don't ask me why but he <laughs> thought his cards were lucky and so he would freak out when he couldn't find them understandably because he wanted to win uh, but it forced me to always put it back in the exact same spot to make sure that that happened. So it kind of showed me that I'm capable of organizing when I really need to. I just don't. I don't put it as as a high, as high a priority as it needs to be sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I think that uh, for us, it was uh, an easier method to be organized for my daughter, but also now that we have literally like 14 people involved in her life coming and going and uh, it's uh, the aides and the therapists and tutors etc there's a lot a lot of uh, people and if equipment is not put back where it belongs it just makes it harder for everyone it's just very very easy if all the school supply is in the same basket in the dining room where she's doing her tutoring sessions and all the art supply are in another basket in her bedroom where she does that etc it uh, it simplifies things for other people uh, i don't really like it but sometimes we do it like putting stickers with what's on each thing because uh, it's kind of like it makes our house almost looks like an institution sometimes but it makes it easier for people that are new or are not sure where to put things and I also have like a bin or an area let's say in the kitchen for people to put things that they're not sure where they belong 
because mm -hmm. I found out that it's much trickier if someone decides where an item belongs and they're not 100% sure about it. Sometimes we have to open all the closets in the kitchen and try to look for the strainer. Where is the strainer? And yeah. uh, we we waste a lot of time like that. And then if people leave it, leave it aside, we put it in the right place and then we inform them where the right place is. So that's um, another two cents about organization. That's that's a brilliant point. And you're reminding me that many, many years ago, probably like 15 years ago, 14 years ago, we had a friend stay here whose mother stayed with us as well. And she was trying to be helpful. And she folded all the baby's clothes, but she put them in the wrong drawers. So it I spent hours, you know, looking for stuff and, and finding stuff and transferring the drawers. So if you have people who are helping you organize, it's really important that I love the idea of having a bin where, okay, I don't know who this is or what it is, but putting it in here and then you'll deal with it because it'll save you, save us time later. It would be nice if we all let people helping us. Organize. <laughs> um, yeah. I wanted to move into the kitchen because there is so much that needs to be done in most people's kitchens to help organize because we all have to eat, we all have to cook, or at least assemble food, put it together. So it is so important that all the things that we're talking about, these are not one-shot deals where you organize once. Like these are all things that take a commitment that a lot of us let fall by the wayside. And that's fine because we do have bigger fish to fry. However, it can save us a lot of time and stress if we really try to get into these patterns, even if it's cleaning out the fridge once a month, you know, taking, you know, a half an hour and putting it in your calendar once a month to say, I'm going through the fridge. I'm going to throw out things that are expired. We might've tried to save food, uh, leftovers for the next night, guilty as charged. I have tons of leftovers in my fridge that I have a good, purpose for. I'm hoping that my kids will eat the leftovers. They don't. Uh, and then they go bad and they're disgusting and have mold all of them. So once a month, um, going through, the, if you can do it more than that, great. But even just putting half an hour on your calendar once a month to go through the fridge, move the things from the back towards the front that you need to eat first and throw out, you know, rotten vegetables or quickly used vegetables that you see are starting to go bad. Um, but really just, just, and it really just takes a quick glance going through the fridge, each level of the fridge to see, you know, what can I get rid of? What can I put in a smaller Tupperware? Because oftentimes the Tupperware takes up way too much space and there's not enough in there to make it, uh, you know, worthwhile to keep in a huge Tupperware. These sound like very, you know, this, this could be a very dry conversation if you're listening to it, but these are things that, um, can really reduce stress um, and take, you know, that can give you free up your time later instead of like searching for things or in the moment, like if you have too much in your fridge, guilty is charged, where there's often an avalanche of stuff, because again, I have six people in my house at, you know, some points of the year, um, everything falls out of the fridge, it breaks because there's too much stuff in there, everything's toppled on top of everything. It's really important to just take a glance and look through it and get rid of stuff that that you don't that you're not using or that could go, um, not everything needs to be refrigerated. You could put it in the cupboards, something like that. And I, I think you said the magic word that having less, just simplify things. It's just easier to organize. It's easier to find. And uh, 
Uh, I'm jumping back to the wardrobe uh, situation. As you know, I'm wearing my uniform. It made my closet very easy to manage and find stuff. It's just like I retrieved the top t-shirt. It's always blue and I have my jeans. <laughs> They're always ready and that's it. But uh, I know it's not for everybody. And uh, my husband was sometimes like, oh, this is so boring. Can you wear something else? <laughs> but uh, in general, uh, what I wanted to say, it's, uh, it's easier also on the kind of wallet if you have less stuff it's just it makes your expenses a little smaller as well I think that uh, I always say you know my my daughter drives like a, a car that cost us seventy thousand dollars just with all the adaptations but uh, her her clothes and my clothes are secondhand so it's just uh, you have to obviously with a child with a disability think about your priorities and and make uh, sure that you put the money where you really really need to and not on the things that are maybe extras and that being said i when i get rid of stuff uh, i actually if if it's in a bad uh, shape we just uh, throw it or or donate but if it's in a good enough condition I actually sell it to a consignment store or sell it online and sometimes I have to admit that this was an unexpected source of income. I had games that I bought for a dollar and sold for 35. So it just, it's, it's a nice, uh, there's a nice margin of profit if you know what it is that you have and you don't just dump it all when your kids outgrow it or mm -hmm. you don't need it anymore. So just another tip. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, as if you know me, I only shop at thrift shops and yard sales for clothes and, and housewares and things like that for the most part. And um, that can be uh, a problem in itself because, you know, you see something that's a really good deal. You, you know, I'm saying you, I mean, I see something that's a really good deal. <laughs> me too, me too, Alma. <laughs> I give a lot of things away. So I, I like the idea for me personally, I like, I'm much uh, more capable of giving things away if I, you know, know they're going to a good cause or if I'm giving them to a friend. So um, there's a lot of ways to repurpose things that that you're purchasing and, and you can use them as gifts sometimes. You know, I've given a lot of things as gifts that I've gotten. Um, that I thought I could use or should use, but then, you know, I thought, oh, this person really could use this, not me. Um, so it takes a little bit of thought. Um, if we do not feel that, if we feel stressed out and we feel like we cannot get into an organized lifestyle, it is worthwhile to either pay someone who is an organizer by profession or to find an organized friend who likes doing it. Because usually if you have somebody who's really organized, they enjoy organizing. Just and call me. I love organizing. But you're too far. You're too far. I got to fly you out here to, 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 to organize my stuff. But there are a few options there. You can have a friend do it as a favor, or you can barter and you can like, for me, I could cook for someone who's organizing for me. Um, or I could, you know, sing for them because I like to sing. Whatever it is, you can barter. You can also pay a teenager, which is what I've been doing lately. One of my daughter's friends is incredibly organized and likes to organize. And I have been having her come over and paying her. And it's been hugely helpful, mostly because she just keeps me, she holds me accountable. We're just standing there. We said we're doing it for four hours. We did it for four hours and we got a tremendous amount done. She made some income and it was great. I got a lot 
I got a lot taken care of. So there are all different ways. Also training our children who are capable of doing this to do it. Um, I used to do the odd sock game where I have, I can't even, I, I probably have like 500 odd socks and to spend so much time finding the match. I used to pay the kids like a quarter for each pair that they matched, things like that, make it fun. Or I would just say it was a game at first. And then they got, they caught on soon enough. And they were like, this isn't fun. Like they wanted money. So I did pay them. Or I said, whoever had the most matches got $5, things like that. So getting them to, to match socks, which I find to be intolerable, uh, uh, it's, you know, it's a tremendous amount of time that I used to spend doing that. Um, once in a while, I do just donate the socks. Uh, and, and if they can't, if they don't want to use them where I'm donating them, unfortunately, it's passing the buck. But homeless people who are unhoused, one of the most important things they need are socks. So I don't, if they don't mind wearing mismatched socks, you know, if, if, if they don't want them, they'll, pass them on maybe to the vets because I think that the vets organizations just shred the clothes anyway, but I want people to be able to use them. So I donate them. So that's another thing that makes me feel okay. Kind of getting stuff out of the house that I struggle with. Yeah. I think for a uh, fabric items that are very worn and cannot be reused uh, most of the time, the animal shelters, uh, they like to take them. They either make toys uh, for the dogs with it or just pet, uh, pet the beds, etc. So uh, really worn down towels and sheets like that are, are really good to donate to the animal shelter. And uh, all in all, I think that uh, uh, I think general rule of thumb is to have a place for everything in your house. And mm -hmm. then later on, you move to everything is in its place. <laughs> but if you decide that all the books belong on the bookshelf in the living room, then when you have a book in your hand, you know where to put it back. If there's Maybe um, one cup on the desk where all the pens need to go, then you know where all the pens are. And if you have four uh, different uh, drawers and there's a few pens here, a few pens there, etc., then you have a new address to <laughs> send all the pens to. And it makes it a little easier to track where things are. And then sometimes people are shocked when they start collecting the pens from all over the house. You have like a shoebox full of pens and we really need so many pens in one house. So that being said, um, I think uh, it's it's a project to organize. And sometimes when I was really busy in the years that I didn't have as much help as we do today, thank God, <laughs> like uh, I used to just tackle an area and the area can be as little as one drawer a day. But mm -hmm. you just empty the drawer completely. You go through it with a, a clean a antibacterial wipe or something. And then you start returning to the drawer only the things that really belong there. And mm -hmm. there's something so coming about that, that I'm yeah. basically, this is one of my greatest like happy moments. It's organizing the house. I don't need the music. I don't need anything. Yeah. I just like organizing. It makes me feel better about life in general as I go. So uh, yeah, I will come to your house if you're nearby and you just need help organizing. <laughs> I love it too much. <laughs> and rolling, rolling clothes is one of those things I learned from Marie Kondo that you roll the clothes to make them smaller and they all fit in the drawer and they look so nice. You could even do that with your underwear. You can fold your pants and make them like a bookcase so that they're horizontal in book, you know, in the shelves. That's another thing. Um, and, you know, I want to also point out that 
once um, we women age, our weight tends to change. So one of my big things is I don't want to get rid of all these clothes that used to fit me because I have the hopes that they may fit me again someday. So if you are in that boat, some people have said, just get rid of the old clothes. And then if you lose weight, you can buy new ones. But I like my old stuff that used to fit me. So I have recently bit the bullet and I had, I realized that almost all of the pants on my shelves, I couldn't fit into, <laughs> oh. so, which is pretty sad, but I put them all um, in boxes, uh, sealed boxes, and I have them in the closet. And I, uh, I now only have stuff. So I also don't waste time trying on things just because psychologically it made me feel better having them in my view. I now everything I put on actually fits me. So I don't waste time like and getting depressed every time I try a pair of pants on saying, oh my God, I can't believe these don't fit. And then going through a bunch of them. So now they're out of the way. And that's something that my teenage helper helped me do. We put all that stuff in a box. Um, so, you know, there's some psychological pieces to all of this. It's kind of coming to terms with change. Um, getting rid of stuff from your parents, maybe, maybe your parents or your family members uh, passed away and they left you stuff. You know, you got to decide, am I going to keep this stuff? It means nothing to me, but I'm kind of holding on to it for that. And that's what's really helpful to, to really consider, like, is this serving me in any way? And might someone else be better served by this and actually use this China that I never liked, but it belonged to my grandmother or something like that. Really thinking about what you're going to use because, you know, just unless it's something that's really beautiful and makes you really happy and it's on display, but having it hidden away in a box just because your grandparents had it, it's not really doing anyone any good. So, you know, interesting things to think about when you're organizing. Amma, uh, I uh, think that this is the end of our episode unless you have something <laughs> else to add. That's, that's all I have. Oh, the only other thing I wanted to add, do your dishes as you go along, as you cook. It's much easier to get those dishes in, you know, washed while water is boiling, while something is sauteing and it's going to have to saute for 15 minutes. Do those dishes in between so you don't have them at the end and then you end up going to bed and the, dish, the sink is filled with dishes. That's my final point. Okay, the only reason I'm so so brief and want to end the episode is because I can't sit still here. I have to go and find a closet that I can reorganize again. <laughs> it, it's been too hard just talking about it and not doing it. Oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> so, gonna, I am going to have to fly you out here to my house. <laughs> Alma, thank you so very much. And thank you for our listeners. If you have tips and tricks how you make a life in your home easier for your child with a disability and the rest of the family, please do share with us. We love learning new tricks. And yeah. Alma, yeah. I appreciate you. And thank you for joining me today again. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you until you can't even look at my home screen because it's not organized with all my desktop folders. Okay. But I do love you for the episode and we will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.